Coaches, before we get started today, we have an amazing offer for you. PGC Basketball Shooting Colleges are live this fall. You can go to shootingcollege.com to register for $0. Absolutely free. We've waived the $95 fee at shootingcollege.com. Many sessions are already full, but there is still some availability. So if you'd like to become a better coach, hone your skills, go to shootingcollege.com, sign up, and we'll see you at one of our sessions this fall. If you have a player that wants to come, they can also go to shootingcollege.com and type in HH50 for $50 off, and you can have your players attend for a $50 discount. Hope to see you there. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals achievers. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to The Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle Broadcasting here in Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Special episode for you today. But TJ, let's catch up with our friends over at Shot Tracker first. Yeah, you know, they say what gets measured gets done. And uh, coaches, I want to just challenge you today. What are you measuring um, as far as conditioning? What are the things that you find most important? I'd love to hear you uh, tweet us, let us know, give us some information on what you value the most to find out if your players are being conditioned well. You know, Shot Tracker, they have ways that you can actually gauge that, how conditioned your players are and how much output they have. But if you didn't have access to that yet, Tell us what you do to get some analytics, to get some feedback on how well-conditioned your players are. TJ's, tee us up, man, for today's topic. Go for it, brother. Yeah, so uh, today you want today's topic to be about something that's really interesting to me, and it's sustained excellence, mm. you know, over time. And when you look at some of these teams that have been able to just be successful long periods of time, you know, what is, what's the magic there? I know they've had good players, and they've had a lot of other things go their way, but it's really, really hard to stay up top. And we talk a lot about how to get up top, how to fight adversity, how to lead from different positions. But, you know, we don't talk about what if you are excellent. What about the coaches that are listening that have really successful seasons? And what about the coach that just had a really successful season? And they're like, how do we, how do we back this up? What, what are the keys to sustain, sustained excellence? My, my, well, my first law is that there's multiple keys, right? There, there's multiple components, obviously, that – you know, I think you can start with culture. You know, what is your culture producing? What is it creating? I think there's standards. Anytime I think of a team that is sustaining excellence, there's a set of standards, TJ, that are within that program that are almost non-negotiable, mm-hmm. right? Like, so new players come in and they don't just, you know, enter in at their own level. They enter in and, and automatically rise to the level of the, the standards within the program. I think there are standards within that culture that help you sustain excellence. I also think about the role of the mentor. I think about the, all the programs that have sustained excellence. I think about on the professional level, right? I look at it and I'm like, all right, San Antonio Spurs for all those years, they had a group of players that took on the role of mentorship probably greater than any other team in the NBA, right? The Duncan, the Parker, the Ginobili that – 
once players came in, they just boom, brought them under their wing and started building them up to the standard of the program. I look at like the Patriots. There's a group of players, Tom Brady, obviously. They've always had veteran guys on the defensive side that once you came, you know, Mike Vrabel, Teddy Bruschi, guys like that, that you get into the program, you've got these mentors that understand the standards and boom, start bringing them up. And I even look into the high school ranking. I'm looking at one team locally I'm thinking about. They've won three straight state championships in football. Right? They haven't lost a game in over three years. Right? They're unbelievable. And they've got this crop of players that every time a senior class leaves, this new crop steps up, but they're just like the last. And they set these standards, and they bring all the younger guys up to that standard. They coach them up. They lead them up. They mentor them, and they help continue this trend of maximizing and, and continuing the the success and sustaining it yeah you know I, th- I think another thing to sustaining success is just i feel like that there's a high level of trust you know coaches trust players players trust the coaches you know whatever level you're at it just seems like teams that have it figured out they're able to handle it for a long period of time do, do they trust the coaches like what comes first right the winning or the trust Hmm. Right, because like, okay, it's easy to trust a coach that has a resume. So, is that what creates the trust—the winning, or is it a coaching staff that just knows how to develop trust? And maybe good, it doesn't matter. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's a good question. I think probably a little bit of both. But uh, you put yourself in that position as a player. Because I, I look at Bill Belichick, right? I think I feel like players have like this love-hate relationship to some degree. Mm-hmm. Like they they trust him and they know, but like they don't know like they don't necessarily love his style and like the the standards that he requires from his players, but they trust him. Yeah, you know, and because I, of the winning, but they may not like. I, I don't know. It's an you know, interesting it's a, dynamic. It's a fine line. It's a, uh, and I couldn't speak about Belichick because I I don't know, but I think one of the things that's really interesting about like what's going on now is that it seems like because they've won so much. You tell me if I'm wrong. I think this is a really crucial question because I think this could be a downfall. I think they're on their way down. And I think a lot of people would attribute it to Tom Brady or something like that. But I think they're towards the end of this. And there's a couple reasons why I think they're towards the end of this. And I think one of it is a great quarterback, obviously. But the other one, I think, is that the process has become so reliable that I think they're starting to falter in their relationship category. I think that uh, the process was trusted almost blindly for so long by people because it just continued to win. But now I think there's a lot of players that you can, you're can. you starting to hear every year just a little bit more. And you're starting to hear a little bit more from a guy like Brady now. Not showing up for this, not showing up for that. And you're starting to hear a guy you, – you're just starting to hear players speak out more about players when they leave, like I hated it there or you know something like that. And um, I think that it was easy to blind trust – because there was so much winning going on, but I think that uh, you know that that part of it, the relationship part, is starting to falter a little bit. All right, this is going to be an interesting discussion. I, I'm I'm really intrigued by a handful of different things here. So I do agree with that. But there, I, let me caveat that. I think there's a level of trust in certain areas. I don't I don't know that they trust him as a friend. I don't know they go to with him personal problems, but I think they trust his competency. Well, they, they certainly trust his competence. Yeah, like that, so, I don't think that's ever been questioned. Yeah, uh, yeah. so it, to what level and to where the trust is, I, you know, that may have to be go team by team. But I think you have to trust something. But 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 I think it's important that we we talk about the teams that have maintained and 
continued success, right? Yeah. I mean, because that's what the topic of today's episode yeah, and, is. And the other one, I, know, I don't I hate to keep butting in, but the interesting <laughs> one is the San Antonio Spurs. They're, they're getting some of that same stuff right now, you know? Well, here, here's what I want to ask you. I've got a variety of things, okay? One, I want to ask you is, is maintained success, okay, or sustained excellence, as you referred to it earlier, is it more the coaching staff? Is it more the players? Okay, like who's more responsible for that? And I, I find it interesting. I, I've tweeted this in the last couple of weeks that I think like the sustained excellence that took place in San Antonio is more about the players than it is Pop. Not trying to knock Pop, but I don't know. I, I've been starting to question if Pop is as excellent as he may have been perceived and built up over the last few years, right? Or if he's now being exposed a little bit post-Duncan, right? Because think about this, right? Everything was amazing with Duncan. And the moment Duncan left, all of a sudden you saw an issue with LaMarcus Aldridge, right? That he, he actually wanted out. Pop had to have off-season meetings and come into Jesus meetings with him and really get on the same page because LaMarcus didn't want to go anywhere. And then Kawhi Leonard, now there's issues there, right? So like, I begin to think, is it the coaching's? Is it Pops's? Excellence that is the the what sustains it, or is it having a special player like a Tim Duncan? On the flip side, using football as an example, same question is it Belichick or is it the mastermind of Brady and what he's always done? And and it's interesting, there's a correlation that as you you feel that the Patriots are starting to decline slightly, it's almost in in correlation to Brady's behavior. Mm-hmm. Starting to change a little bit. I don't think Belichick's behavior is changing, but I'm starting to see Brady's behavior changing, and the success is changing. Duncan changes and goes out the door in retirement, and the Spurs' success changes. I wonder how much is it of the players versus the coach? Yeah. Well, I think that that's a really loaded question because I, I've said this before. I think I think the pH in the water matters so much, right? Like it doesn't take much for something to go bad, right? I mean, it, it, if you think about it, I mean, you, you put if it's like a fish tank, right? You put the wrong fish in there and everything goes crazy. The fish that doesn't mind eating other fish, the fish that go like and all of a sudden you had a good peaceful tank and now it's all messed up and the fish just start getting after each other and start and I think that um, specific to pop. I think that it's you know, it helps so much to have guys like that helps to have so much like Duncan and all those guys. But I also think there's some genius in the fact that he allowed them to do certain things that, that allowed them to flourish. You know, I think he put them in the right offense. I think he uh, got them to buy into defense. I think he got them to help mentor each other. I think he helped young players succeed in their roles. I think there's a lot of things that he did. But could that have happened if he didn't have full buy-in from Duncan and guys like that? That would have been a whole different story, you know, whether you can do that. And then I think other guys like Brady, he may be the buffer to Belichick. Like, he understands Belichick. He understands it helps him to win. But what if he didn't have a good buffer there? You know, throw another quarterback in there that doesn't doesn't deal well with Belichick and he's not able to tell everybody else, listen – you know, give him that little, hey, just chill, man. Just let him be. He's a little bit nuts, but don't worry about it. We're going to get this thing right. So, you know. So, so the player's like almost trusting Brady more than Belichick. Yeah. It, it, but if Brady says he's okay, everyone else says, okay, he's okay. 
you know. And so I think like creating that 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 pH, knowing the heartbeat of your team. I mean, I think another good example is a guy like Phil Jackson. Do I think Phil Jackson could get out of the Celtics what Brad Stevens gets out of him? Absolutely not. But is there some genius in what Phil Jackson did with great players and give him the rope, give him the rain, give him the freedom, whatever it is that he did? You know, I don't think it was the triangle offense. I don't think it was. I, but I do think some of the mind stuff that he did with players and allowing them to be. And then so Jordan says, hey, Phil's good. Right, mm-hmm. and when Jordan says feels good, everyone else is like feels good, you know. And then Phil gets credibility, and Kobe says, "Well, Michael says he's good." Then I say he's good, you know. <laughs> and so I think I think that there's it takes both, it takes both of those things because there, I think there's other coaches that could have gone in the same situation and not allowed them to flourish. Again, another example, you know, um, Kerr, right? He's got great talent. He gives them unbelievable freedom, just challenges them in simple categories like ball movement, number of passes a game. So he also allows them to have fun. Guys start talking, wow, not only do we have fun here, we can win here. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that they just, they're the right personalities for the right hmm. team and the right place. And so I think it takes a little bit of both of those. You know, so take, take Steve Kerr to the Celtics, right? I don't think he gets out of the Celtics what Brad Stevens gets out of them. Right, and then flip that. I don't know. It hasn't been proven. Does Brad Stevens restrict the does, the players in Golden State? Does is it? I don't know. Right, I don't yeah. know. I, I, you know, Brad, I mean, I think by all accounts, Brad Stevens have seemed a little bit more flexible than the average guy. But maybe that's only because he's had to be more flexible than the average guy. But I think I think both matter. All right, I want to take a quick break with, and, and halftime break with our friends over at TeamSnap, but I want to go in more about the trusting dynamic between player and coach and the role that that plays in sustained excellence. But before we do, halftime break with our friends over at TeamSnap. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap for today's communication tip of the episode. This week, coaches, I'd like to challenge you to study the best as it relates to communication. Find three individuals who you think communicate at a very high level and are are very thorough communicators. Study what they do. Study their habits. Study their tendencies. Study their techniques and emulate them. Use the best to help serve as a teaching resource for you. Thanks to our friends over at TeamSnap. Make sure you check out TeamSnap.com backslash hustle to learn more about the communication app serving over 15 million people across the globe, helping get everything organized all throughout the season. That's TeamSnap.com backslash hustle. All right, TJ, you said early on trust, right, is one of the biggest things. And I, I do think it's interesting, you, you know, speaking of the Patriots, that correlation that we talked about, that they appear and it feels like they're starting to kind of um, uh, drop a little bit in their success. The, this past year, more than ever, there were questions of the trust between Brady and Belichick. Yeah. It came out in the press with Jimmy Garoppolo's trade and, and what went on there. It came out in the press about Brady's trainer and what's allowed and what's not allowed and who's talking behind who's back and all that. You may have hit the nail on the head, right? Maybe the trust, being able to have that secure uh, uh, waterproof, no leakage, just solid trusting dynamic is so key. Look at the Spurs, right? The moment things started really falling apart, it's like there's this lack of trust. Someone's saying this behind someone's back. What's happening over here? I don't know if I trust that camp versus this camp. You may have hit the head on the trust. Well, it seems where they begin to erode. I mean, the Kawhi Leonard deal is eroding with trust, right? 
I mean, that's the place that's going down. And it appears something going on in, in Patriot land is trust. trust yeah. And, and you never had this before with Brady and Belichick. It was yeah. always so strong. And I do believe Brady has in many years been the buffer, but that's where I talked about in the beginning about having those special players be those mentors. They're carrying many roles of teacher, guidance, you know, friend, but also buffer. Yeah. Like, hey, listen. And, and they would always talk about that. Pop would get on players. Right, but Duncan would go in behind them and kind of like put his arm around him as the, the gentle giant and kind of yeah. be that buffer. But it's the trust. But then the moment that star starts questioning the coach, ooh, where do you go from there? You yeah, know? that's trouble. Yeah, I, you know, there's, there's a couple things, though, I think beyond trust that I think are really important. I mean, I think obviously consistency is super important. I think that uh, championship teams are always consistent when they sustain excellence. Um, they're consistent just in about everything, about their approach, their language, their habits. You know, another thing that I think is that they're typically really locked in. You know, like they're very mission-oriented. Like they know this is what it takes. I think over the course of a season, specifically coaching at the college level, um, it's a constant battle to get them locked in, you know, to get them to that place. And, and when you've got them locked in, there's a, it's a pretty special feeling to know that they are in that spot of locked in. I think as a pro, you know, I wonder if it's not even easier sometimes to get them to that place of locked in because that's their job. Young players, 18, 21 years old, a lot of thoughts, a lot of things going on. But when you get them locked in and that focus is just really, really tight, then you can do some, you know, crazy, you know, good things. And the other one I would share was, you know, resiliency. Like Mm -hmm. I think all championship teams are resilient and usually they have some warriors on their team that help them to be Resilient, you know, and that's where a guy like Teddy Bruschi and I think that defensive end of the ball um, has helped them to to um, be resilient uh, on, the, on for specifically the Patriots. And I think over time, I, that's where it's kind of interesting. I think Kawhi was kind of a defensive guy, and he was resilient, found a way. You know, it's going to be interesting to see that shake up there. But I think you know, being locked in, consistency, and being resilient are really important. Can I add one more to that, TJ? And that's this sense of evolving. Right, I feel like to sustain excellence, you've got to keep evolving. They say the moment you reach the top is the moment you need to change, right? Because at that point, everyone starts emulating what you're trying to do. Everyone has their eyes on you, trying to see how to take you down. So the moment you hit the top is when you've got to start changing. And I look at some of the best teams. Yes, they've always stuck to what they they've done and done well. But like the Patriots, I mean, they're the most creative team that I can think of in the NFL. Like they, they'll run formations and do different things on offense, and, and they were the first team really you know, to run the, the dual tight end set and really dominate from that perspective, right? They talk about the ultimate running back by committee. They were one of the first teams. I mean, you never even really knew who their running backs were. It was a combination of backs that could all catch and, and do different things out of the backfield. I think the evolving and recognizing this need to continue to grow and change and adapt so strong it's such a common trait in the midst of sustaining excellence yeah no i agree with you and i because a part of it's just keeping it interesting you know like i think it goes almost to the focus like it's you've done it once you've been there you know you're locked in and then all of a sudden it's like wow it took it takes a lot of effort to be a champion you know you lock in unlike anybody else and then you get there and you know what energy it takes to be great and you've got to find that again i love that you know i was reading an article not that long ago and they they talked about 10 ways to sustain success, but one of the things was curiosity. And, and they used a great term. They said leaders follow their noses, 
right in their noses are always searching for new things and the curiosity allows you to to evolve allows you to find new things allows you to find the weaknesses in your opponents find the strengths hidden underneath the curtain in your team that curiosity allows i think some of these great coaches to be even greater you got anything else to add tj no you know i think that uh you know it's a long slow walk to greatness you know to get there but man it's a it's a it's a it's a even harder when you get there you know like so that's what it takes to, to actually climb that mountain is one thing and then what it takes to stay on top of that mountain you know people always say it's just another thing that's why like them or don't like them you've got to respect teams that do it year in and year out and um you know i think that's why people have respected pop and they're starting to respect stevens because he's consistent consistently showing that and you know like or dislike belichick he's he's done the same thing and you know i think keeping um keeping the the troops focused locked in consistent selfless all the things that great teams have Man, it only gets harder with success, not necessarily easier in a lot of cases. Love it, TJ. Sustaining excellence here. I mean, what about the Harwood Hustle, TJ? It's been going on for years, hey, trying hey. to be our best. We, we, hey, we got to refocus and, and we got to be resilient <laughs> and uh, we got to trust each other. We, we do have to trust each other. We got to be curious. What are yeah. ways to grow, right? What are other people doing? Yeah. How do we evolve? Exactly. Listen, I'm Adam. He's TJ. Together, we are the Harwood Hustle. Till next time, we are out.